Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gospel Forum Podcast. We are a collective of Reformation-minded Christians that care about the local church, doctrine, and gospel health. If you don't know about the Gospel Forum, please check out our website at thegospelforum.com. We're also on YouTube and also your favorite podcast app. Just search up the Gospel Forum. Twitter. And Twitter. And Instagram, when Pilgrim updates it. It's updated. (laughs) (laughs) We're also on Facebook. We can find us in a lot of different places. But anyway, well, welcome, everyone. My name is Dan Sardinas. I'm Micah Sandwich. My name is Alan Quinones. And I'm Pilgrim Benham. And we're four of the men from the Gospel Forum. We have other brothers that are not here today, but I know you know of them as well. Before we begin our episode today, guys, we've got something exciting to announce, um, something that we've been working on and, and are planning. Uh, we're actually going to be having our first ever conference, and it's going to be held when, Pilgrim? Uh, it's going to be November 12th, November, 2022. November 12th, and this will be specifically for men, so sorry ladies. Uh, we will have other things for men and women later, uh, but this is going to be a men's conference on in November 12th. We'll give you more details on our website and also all of our social media places as well. But for now, just mark the date, November 12th. We're going to have some food. We're going to have good Bible teaching and fellowship. So mark the date. It's going to be really, really good. Sarasota, Florida. In Sarasota, Florida. That is correct. So very, very good. So if you're local, you don't have to go very far. If you're going to travel here, awesome. Just hook us up. All right, there we go. It's good. All right, guys. Well, let's get to our main topic of the day. And we've been doing a epi- uh, series on the Ordo Salutis, which is the order of salvation. We began with the doctrine of election. Then we went to the effectual calling of God. And last episode, we did an episode on regeneration. So this is the logical ordering of salvation that has been commonly known in uh, the Reformed world. Also, we've been using our template is based off of Tim Challey's visual theology book, which is really, really good. I encourage you to Pick up a copy if you don't have one of those. Um, And so we've been talking about to help people understand how salvation works uh, logically in uh, in order there. And this is the doctrine of the Ordo Salutis. So today, we're going to look at the doctrine of conversion. What is conversion? What would you say? Conversion is when we... um by the work of God and what he has already done through the things that you have just walked us through, we respond in faith and repentance uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ, in his finished work and what he has done on the cross. Mm. Pilgrim? <laughs> Pilgrim? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it begins with that gracious gift uh, of new birth or new life, and it will give rise to faith and repentance that will that are genuine and those Mm -hmm. continue throughout um the christian life so it's it's not a flash in the pan once a moment uh it's it's faith and repentance through an entire the entirety of the christian life oh you're jumping ahead to perseverance yeah yeah Yeah. 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 i was going to ask you when we speak of faith and repentance can you maybe parse that out you know what do you mean by faith in what and repentance from from what yeah yeah um so we're, we're talking about um, some, some translations for the word conversion can be to turn. We use that in modern vernacular. If you go to convert money, if you mm-hmm. travel overseas, you have one currency, although currency is going away now. Uh, you, you take one currency, you convert it to another currency, you turn it to another. And so um, faith and repentance would be uh, 
because of the initiation of God by his spirit making us alive, there's a turning, and the turning is towards Christ in faith, and the turning is away from sin. So the repent part of that is I'm, I'm, I'm forsaking uh, a lifestyle or desires or a path that I've been walking on, and now I'm turning in faith towards hmm. uh, uh, new desires, a new heart uh, towards the things of God. So there's a turning away and a turning towards. Yeah, so there's an aspect, of course, at the moment of salvation, when we believe, there's a conversion. There's faith and repentance. And I think what Pilgrim is trying to say is that repentance is just not a one-time will. A matter of fact, I think that's the first thesis of the 95, right? Mm, of I Martin Luther's so, yeah. 95 thesis, that repentance is, a, is an ongoing yeah. part of the mm. Christian life. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you just don't repent one time, obviously. Repentance is marked by the Christian life. But in the order of salvation, there is that initial moment when God does a work in us. Correct to bring us to faith in Jesus. Isaiah 55, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, ways and thoughts, and then right. come to me, right? Yes. Turn to the Lord. I think it, how you said it was very interesting and well, well said because uh, we're not speaking of repentance and faith as two different things. They're one act. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're just two sides of a different coin, of, of one coin. Right, mm -hmm. right. And we often, we, Faith and belief are often put together, right? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Mm -hmm. And so what is that, what is that faith, uh, what is the quality of that faith look like? What does that belief look like? And I've, I love the, the illustration of how we, we, or trust is another word we could th put in there. We trust in the work of Christ on that cross like we would trust a parachute if we were jumping mm -hmm. out of the plane, right? That, that, that parachute is the only thing that it's going to save us from slamming against the ground, right? Mm -hmm. And Christ, that belief in Christ is the only thing that's going to save us from the wrath of God in an eternity separated from him in hell. Yeah. yeah. So it's not just some mental ascent, right? Some intellectual, yeah. oh, yeah, right, sure, right. Right. Jesus right. is the Lord. Sure. No, no, no. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, even, even the devils believe right. and yeah. tremble, right? They believe the mental ascent. They give that mental ascent intellectually. So basically what we're talking about is that conversion is essentially the fruit of regeneration, right? So God elects us before time begins. He effectually calls us to himself through the preaching of the gospel. He gives us new life so that we will place our faith in him. Something that was impossible before, our belief, right? Our desire for God, uh, that new life that comes, comes as a result of the regeneration. So faith and repentance, um, conversion, this is all basically the same thing. Uh, I mean, we could call it different aspects and define it different ways, but it all stems from the new birth, yeah. uh, being born again, uh, God creating something in us that was not there before. Mm -hmm. And so obviously that is marked by, let's just start with faith. Uh, what are we believing, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we are believing what God is calling us to in the effectual call. So what does a sinner who believes believe in order to be converted? I'm trying to word that right. Well, I, yeah, we just, I think we kind of just said it, just the, um, in, the, in the finished work of Christ, the gospel, right? The, the good news um, that, that Christ has come to reconcile uh, sinners um, and to, to take the wrath of God uh, upon himself. Um, God is both um, just and the justifier mm -hmm. of, of, of 
of the sinful man, um, and so there's that that part in it. Mm. Right. Part of part of believing is believing what God says about myself, mm. right? Because we're so partial to yeah. ourselves. So who are we? Who are we, Alan? Yeah. We we are wretched sinners who who have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, uh, and and we tend to be so partial towards to ourselves that we uh, it, we struggle. Some of us do. In, uh, in even seeing our own sin, yeah. you know, I sure I'm not perfect. I know that generally speaking, but but what have I done wrong? I I can't think of anything. Uh, but but the faith here is even believing in that that mm-hmm. God God is saying in His Word, "You are a sinner. You're dead in your trespasses and sins. You need a Savior, mm-hmm. and here is Jesus Christ." Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, a lot of theologians use the three terms, notitia a census and a fiducia. And that sounds super fancy, but uh, essentially, and we'll, we'll have an article on this. Actually, uh, Alan broke that down a couple episodes That's ago right. mm-hmm. uh, in one of our That's episodes. True. So yeah, this is this is good so stuff. So call back to that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or you could say the content, the conviction, the content of what we believe, that mm-hmm. we place our faith in that, the conviction that it is true, and then the reliance, mm-hmm. like we're jumping out of, a, of an airplane, we're relying on that, mm-hmm. um, that faith yeah. in Christ. Yeah, to, to Alan's point, I think at the moment of salvation, at the very least, what are we repenting of? Well, the word repent means what? A changing of mind, mm-hmm. right? It's literally a changing of mind. So the, what we're changing our mind about initially that God is revealing to us is one, that we're a sinner that stands in judgment, right? And secondly, that Jesus Christ is God and he's the Savior and he has accomplished all that is necessary to be saved. Mm. And so we're changing our mind about who we are, right? That we're sinners that will be judged by God unless God has mercy and grace. And we're changing our minds about who Jesus is. Correct. Right? That he is not that that he is not just some ordinary man who lived, but he is God in human flesh, and that he came to be the Savior and that he took my punishment and wrath. So um, it, it's that changing of mind initially of who Jesus is and who I am. Uh, and then, of course, it involves the forsaking of sin, because if you're going to be saved, if you're going to come to Jesus, you can't, you know, like the verse you just quoted, forsake your sin, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. That's the call to believe, is to forsake your sin and run to God. Yeah, you can't play the hypocrite, say you're a Christian and continue in all these things. Well, that would be false conversion. That would be false conversion, right? And and, and we're going to talk about that, too, because there's, there's I think, a, a pandemic, if that word I use it intentionally of that around the world, a pandemic of false conversion, which is yeah. so, uh, sobering and just to even think about. Um, but yeah, so initially it's a changing of mind of 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 me of Jesus and and that's been revealed by my regeneration. God has given me spiritual eyes now to see. The right. Spirit is empowering me to understand things I could not understand before. And now, this is my this is my response to the regeneration in God. You know, we talked last episode. What comes first, faith or regeneration? Right. Well, it's regeneration that has caused me now to have proper faith in God and His Word. Yeah, exactly right. In the London Baptist Confession of Faith, uh, words the definition of repentance very well. Exactly hitting on what you're saying here. That it says by the Holy Spirit. We are made sensible, or we understand mm-hmm. the manifold evils of our sin. 
how, mm. how evil our sin is. And then by faith in Christ, we humble ourselves with godly sorrow. Mm. We detest our sin. Mm. They use the word also self-abhorrency. We ab- ab- abhor our sin, that, that hatred of it. Uh, and that sometimes, uh, that the, that's the something that the Lord also works in us in sanctification where we become more and more uh, abhor our sin and we hate it, right? Right. Forsake it. Uh, But then it says we pray, we're praying for pardon and strength of grace with a purpose and endeavor by the supplies, by the power of the Spirit to walk before God uh, unto all well-pleasing and good things. Mm. Mm -hmm. Amen. There's an example of this in Acts 15. You've got the Jerusalem Council there and um, it says Paul and Barnabas uh, began to debate those who were sort of the of the circumcision, and it says um, they were appointed to go up, and it says uh, that they uh, passed through Phoenicia, Samaria, and they described in detail the conversion of the Gentiles. So this had been a, a great work of God. Then there's that word conversion, um, and then just a few verses before that in chapter 14, uh, there meeting with the church and it says that Paul described how God had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. So we see that when there is that turn and there is that conversion, um, it's God doing that work and it's, it's, uh, it includes a turning away from, in their case, Gentiles, not turning to Judaism, but turning to Christ. Uh, and that included repentance and faith. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this pandemic of false conversion. I think it stems from bad theology obviously maybe also stems from false gospels being preached of course um but that's really sobering to think about guys to think that there are scores and scores of people who believe they're christian but are not and um of course we know the sobering passage that our lord said you know many will come into me in that day saying lord lord and he said depart from me i never knew you and there's going to be scores of people with who are falsely converted, people who are going to church every Sunday. Very well could be. Uh, false conversions hurt the church because we don't have regenerate people in membership as a part of our church. And that's another issue, regenerate church membership and what, what, what entails there. But, but obviously the, inter- the eternal impact of this um, what causes that? Why is this such an issue today? Um, I, obviously, we said bad doctrine, bad theology, but why? And what can we do about it? Um, Dean Insura, in his book, The Unsafe Christian, talks about, uh, you mentioned pandemic. Um, and he uses this idea a little bit similarly, but he says that the, the sinner's prayer uh, in many ways is like a vaccine against the true gospel. In other words, you have a six-year-old, you, you, know, you tell them about the reality of hell, um, they wanna please mom and dad, mom and dad are urging them, say this prayer mm-hmm. and, and just recite this and then you're saved. And right. so the child says the sinner's prayer uh, and <laughs> the parents uh, get divorced later, they never really were regenerate, they never, you know, they're slightly in a church, but that little child you know, moves away and becomes an adult. And there's that, always that pressure from the family to look mm-hmm. back and go, oh, well, Johnny, Johnny prayed the prayer right. when he was six years old. And so you know, we're trusting that that, that prayer saves. And so I think that's, that's one area is when we, when we push this, um, this idea of just you know, almost you know, hell insurance, fire insurance, just pray the prayer, uh, make the, respond, respond now. Um, As if 
salvation was magic words. Right. You know, like abracadabra. Okay, I'm going to heaven. Uh, we heard about a church uh, locally that um, had some crazy amount of stats of how many people had they, they professed were born again. Like we, we, it was more of you know decisions. We had we had a thousand decisions last year. How many people did you baptize? Oh, we baptized eighteen. You know, we had a thousand believers, yeah. a thousand responses, eighteen baptisms, and right. so I think that's one example of this. It it stems from uh, not uh, not understanding. Uh, who we are in our sin and not understanding the holiness of God uh, and diminishing that and turning Jesus uh, into a self-help guru where Jesus doesn't come to save you from your sin or if he comes to save us from something sin is very very much diminished mm -hmm. it's it's brokenness right. it's mistakes it's uh, even Drugs. yeah it's it's psychological, uh, psychological reasons, um, and and you, you need Jesus to live a more fulfilling life. Right, exactly, right. And so Jesus is here um, to help you live the best life that you can here on earth, to bless you in in a lot of ways. Uh, and so just come to Jesus. You know, right. believe in believe in Jesus. He's going to be with you, uh, and that's a false gospel. It's it, and it results in a false conversion because there's no like we just. We're talking about, or the London Baptist said, there's no sorrow over sin. There's no detestation of sin. There's no understanding, really, of, of how much our sin has separated us from God. Right. So, this this aspect of the the sinner's prayer, I, I you know, we don't do altar calls in, in our church, and some in our church who have been accustomed to that over the years and being a very traditional Southern Baptist church setting have asked, why don't I do altar calls? Well, it's for that very reason. You know what I mean? First of all, if someone is truly converted in a church service, underneath the preaching of the word, they're going to be converted in their seat before they even leave their seat to go forward, you know, to say, to repeat words at the front of the stage or to be counseled by someone. Conversion happens by believing. And if people are going to believe enough to wanting to go forward, they're already going to believe. But second of all, like you said, it's a vaccine against the true gospel in that it hurts way more than it helps. Now, are there people who have truly been converted by saying, you know, and has said a sinner's prayer uh, in, that, in their experience? I'm sure there has been. Did they get converted because of the sinner's prayer? No, they got converted, why? Because they believed, mm -hmm. right? That's what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't command us to say a sinner's prayer. The, the, the call, the, the, the imperative of the gospel is is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. So, I forget where I was even going with this, but, <laughs> um, oh yeah, that's why. I, I, I would care, I care much more that people are truly believing the truth and that God has really wrought this work in their heart than an emotional manipulation at the end of a service. Let's sing 12 verses of just as I am until someone comes forward. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If that's the case, what am I trusting in am i trusting in the power of the word to do the work in that person's heart am i trusting in the emotions of the moment for their wife to finally elbow them enough so they could you know respond or the music itself is it you know if people are emotional we've all been in you know those camp meetings or youth group you know whatever camps where you know it's there's like a hundred decisions on the last day why because it's a lot of it's just emotional manipulation. Yeah, no, there's some churches that actually stage. They've been a, a, 
exposed for staging Stephen like actors actors okay yeah. so actors in the congregation who will stand up to to get saved mm -hmm. as a way of oh well i'm not the first one they're doing it so right. the the peer pressure is on or off now and so, so that's just the flesh and, and some people might say well what's the big deal the big deal is eternity right the big deal is the wrath of god the big deal is that we have scores of people who are in our churches that are not regenerate and it's obvious it's obvious and this is why not many of you should be teachers my brothers james says so how is it obvious then dan what what would be how do we if we talk about the fruits of of repentance um how is it how do we tell how do we know we could tell again by you know one of the marks is changed lives that people have forsaken their sin not just externally because anyone can have their lives changed i mean any drunk can go to AA for 12 weeks and find new meaning in life and then never drink again. And there's many, many people who do that. That doesn't mean that they're a Christian. And I think some people confuse the moralism or their behavior modification with being in Christ. And those two are not the same. If you go back to our last episode, what it comes down to is our heart affections. Our heart affections are changed at the root that the gospel is producing something new in us. That we, that we once loved our sin, and now we hate our sin. We can't live the same way like we used to live. Like before, I used to sin in this way, and it never bothered me. But now, now when I do those things, I, I, you know, and, and, and I'm tempted and I fall, I, ha I can't stay like that. I have to get on my face and, 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 and pray and ask God, and I'm sorry, and I'm remorseful, and... And I take action steps to make sure that that doesn't happen. That's the evidence, I think. You know, and I think we have scores of people who have said a prayer in our churches and keep living the way they used to live before they, mm -hmm. before they, you know, claim to have known Christ. Yeah. And that is that is a tragedy. Yeah. No one born of God will continue to sin. So there's that doesn't mean we won't sin, but we will not abide in a lifestyle that's a void of repentance. Exactly. The mark of a Christian is that they trust Christ. And they are living continually in a lifestyle of of repentance. Yeah, you know. So. And there's great examples in God's word about about the fruit of salvation, the evidence of this change. We have well, the whole book of First John addresses that. Mm -hmm. But then, uh, example in the book of Acts that I love is Acts 19, when Paul is in Ephesus. The Lord was doing a great work uh, there. Uh, and there's the section is about the sons of Siva, and in verse 18. Uh, it says also many of those who were now believers. Okay, so very clear. These guys, these guys have gotten saved. So what's their? What's the How do we know? It says they came confessing and divulging their practices. What were their practices? And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. Mm. And they counted the value of them and found that it came to fifty thousand pieces of silver. Wow. Right. So. Uh, these, these men who had gotten saved uh, by the Lord opening their eyes saw the, uh, the, the weight of their sin, specifically in, in practicing these um, occultish practices, mm -hmm. which are so very clear as, as, as anathema to the Lord. We see that in the Old Testament. Uh, but they came and they burned them. And these weren't just maybe some handwritten 
um, journals. No, mm -hmm. it says that they were there was a lot of value to them. Right. Um, so they were losing money. Mm -hmm. They were losing money in this. But they counted all of this, as Paul says, they counted all of this as rubbish mm -hmm. um, compared to the worth of Christ. Yeah, so they turned from their sin mm -hmm. to God, knew they could not live the same way as they once had lived, because to be a follower of the Lord Jesus requi you know, requires to, to put those things away mm -hmm. and to forsake those things and to follow him. Yeah. So there, there's that conversion, mm -hmm. right, that we talk about. I have kind of a funny story about um, seeing a, a friend of mine I used to work with, um, seeing the, the result, the fruit of his conversion was, was pretty exciting and funny. Um, he ended up moving to Portland, um, and as I was sharing the gospel with him, he was a, an avid pot smoker um, to the point where he had gone to a Portland bookstore, which, of course, you'd find these in Portland, uh, a, a bookstore that sold a, a marijuana cookbook. Okay. And so he bought it, and then as I'm sharing the gospel with him, he receives Christ um, and basically said, I need to return this cookbook. I, don't, I have no more desire to, to smoke marijuana yeah. or to cook with it. And so he, um, he said, what should I do? And I said, well, you should bring it back to the bookstore and see if you can get your money back. So he brings it, and um, she said, well, you, we, can't, we can't actually return it. It's out of the window, but you can exchange it. So he's like, do you have any religious books? And she points him to the Bible section. Um, he gets an ESV brings it up to the counter and exchanges it. And I just, I just thought, <laughs> dude, save that receipt because that is such a picture of your conversion. You know, the cashier must have thought this guy is insane, yeah. you know, exchanging this marijuana cookbook for <laughs> yeah. a Bible. But that, that is a good picture of, right. of uh, just an absolute change in desires from, from the old to the new. Amen. What about Zacchaeus? Somebody talk about Zacchaeus. How did, um, what, is, what is the picture there in his life of, of conversion and repentance? Well, that's in Luke 19. Uh, and this is a well-known uh, story. If you've grown up in the church, uh, Zacchaeus is a very well-known Sunday school story. There's a song about it. It was a wee little uh, man. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so we see the conversion of, of Zacchaeus, and he, he wanted to see Jesus. And so he climbed up in this tree because he was not a tall man. Uh, and uh, Jesus says, Zacchaeus, I'm going to stay at your house today. And says, verse 6, it says in Luke 19, So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. So these, are, these are the religious leaders again. He has gone into, talking about Jesus, he has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And Zacchaeus was a tax collector, so he had defrauded his own people. Right. His own people were working for the Roman uh, government, not just collecting the taxes that the Romans asked him to, but piling on top of that money for himself. And so an example of this repentance, and he says, I'm going to give away half of what I have to the poor, and then he provides restitution to those he defrauded. He says, and if I have defrauded anyone of ev anything, I restore it fourfold. Mm. That's incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, so what a change uh, in this man. A love of money to a love of what is good. So there's, there's evidence. Yeah. There's a, a fruit of his conversion. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to it. If you are truly in Christ, there will be evidence of it, you know? And some people say, well, you know, my life was kind of boring. 
You know, some people have so-called boring test. Right. There's no such thing as a boring testimony, right? right. So, you know, you're li some people live a life of drugs and of sexual debauchery and all these different things you hear about all the time or drunkenness, and then Christ delivers them from them. You know, and people are like, wow, that's exciting. Or, the, or trading in a marijuana cookbook for a, for a Bible. Um, but but the, person, the person who gets saved, you know, in Sunday school as, as, as a little child is just as exciting, right? Why? Because, because there's still the work of God in their heart. And you don't have to have a flattering story of, uh, you know, of sin to make it exciting, you know I mean? Because what still happens at the heart of that person, either person, is still the work of regeneration and repentance that God brings forth now in their heart and a change of desires, mm -hmm. right? And so that could be as a, as a young child in Sunday school, maybe a... a obedience to his parents that was not there before you know what i mean where he obeyed externally but now he obeys differently mm -hmm. not that he's not going to struggle with it could have been something with his mouth or his heart or his eyes or his lust in his heart yep. i mean there's so many different ways that that manifests itself but it's always going to show the fruits of it right mm -hmm. always going to show the fruits of it um uh, someone did you have something well uh yeah, I was I was just gonna say we you know we like to tell our people at our church that it's not about how you start it's about how you finish mm -hmm. uh, because it's true many of us don't don't know I don't even know exactly when I got saved someone might say because I've been in church I've technically been obedient all my life you know uh, okay but but at this point are you yeah, now right. a, a someone who confesses and turns from sin right. and believes in the gospel uh, that's what really matters. Amen. Amen. And I, I counsel people like that as well, where they, they're struggling over the assurance of their salvation. And I'm like, okay, you know, they can't remember an exact day. They can't remember an exact moment. But I, and so I say, okay, tell me about your faith. Tell me, what, you, what do you believe now? And then t tell me about your life. You know, tell me, what happens when you sin? You know? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I said, I say, is there any kind of fight in you? Right. Is there any kind of battle? Is there any kind of like, this is a war. I don't want to do this. And, then to me, then that's a sign of conversion because that's a sign of the Spirit working in your heart, yeah. calling you away from your sin when you do sin. If you were not converted, you wouldn't care, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. what what this sin does to God. Yeah. But the fact that you do kind of tells me, yeah, you know, that gives me some hope that, yeah, maybe there that, that there is the work of God in you and that you have been converted and have regeneration. Yeah, Charles Spurgeon said, uh, dead men don't wrestle. Good, <laughs> wonderful quote. Yeah. Wonderful quote. What, what, one more example, I think, of the Thessalonians, of what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Um, he says in verse 4, For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you. All right, Paul, how do you know that they're elected? How do you know that they're Christians? Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction. Then he goes on to say uh, in verse 6, How they became imitators of us, and of the Lord, for you receive the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. So there's one fruit. So even after we left, you were persecuted, receiving the word, and you still did it with joy from the Holy Spirit. You can't have that without the Holy Spirit in your life. Mm -hmm. Then he also says that in verse 8, that their faith has gone out everywhere in Macedonia and Achaia, so that Paul doesn't even need to say anything about this church because everyone knows about them. 
And then this is what they're reporting in verse 9. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, and how you turned, there's our conversion, to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. Again, Paul is saying, how do I know that he has chosen you? Because I see conversion in your life. I see fruits of repentance in your life. And that's what we're saying. So in the order of salvation, you got election, sexual calling, regeneration. How do we know regenerations happen? There's conversion. There's repentance. There's faith in Jesus and this war against sin. Yeah. Very good. Anything else we didn't cover or... Anything else you wanted to say? I there across the world. I because of my former um, ministry overseas in the past. You know there is in some countries uh, there's this where they they actually put laws on the books where they say uh, conversion is outlawed. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, if you're you can't convert. If you're a Muslim, it's a, against the law for you to convert. You know mm -hmm. they use the same kind of language convert to Christianity or if you're a foreigner coming into this country it's against the law for you to convert a, uh, a one of our citizens that's, that's what's happening in uh, in Canada now with the it's uh, illegal for you therapy. to con convert from homosexuality right yeah right they use that as well and that just makes me think that these governments they do not obviously they don't know the Lord they don't understand how the Lord works and so there is nothing we know that nothing stops the building of Christ's church uh, and so it goes back to uh, this is not something that you and I do as Christians we do not convert anybody mm -hmm. right That's we right. are faithful to proclaim the good news but it's the Lord that does this process mm -hmm. it's the Lord who converts so the government the governments of these countries even Countries close to us, maybe even here one day, mm. they can pass all the kind of laws that they want against outlawing conversion. Mm. That's not going to stop the Lord. Right. Mm. And so I, I come back to that. Yeah, also on the other hand, you, yeah. you praise God for the clarity, right? Uh, here is conversion defined, right? Uh, for, you know, whether it happens in, a, in, in one of those countries or it happens, you know, in a country like ours where they start to say you can't convert. Homosexuals. Okay, well, here is uh, conversion defined. Uh, a, a church that would say, well, we're not converting them. Mm. Okay, now you're defining yourself as a false church, right? A, a, right. a church that has no light. Um, so, so you praise God for the clarity in that, mm. um, that we are getting to understand more and more. Oh, okay, so there's, there has to be a turning mm. there. Uh, and some Christians assume that there has to be a turning in order for you to be a Christian. Yes, Amen. I was just going to add um, in Romans 1.16, we'll get into this with justification, but uh, Paul says the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Um, John MacArthur says in his commentary in Romans, salvation is not merely professing to be a Christian, nor is it baptism, moral reform, going to church, receiving sacraments, or living a life of self-discipline and sacrifice. Salvation is believing in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It comes through giving up one's own goodness, works, knowledge, and wisdom, mm. and trusting in the finished, perfect work of Christ. I think that's important mm -hmm. when we talk about what are we converted to? What does it mean to yeah. even be converted? Yeah. Mm. Very good. Well, we pray that, and my prayer, of course, is that churches would recover the biblical doctrine of conversion. And that matters because it matters how you preach, 
matters how you counsel people, matters how um, you let people join your church and membership. Um, for the health of the church, a church is made up of regenerate people uh, who show that by their conversion and faith and repentance in Jesus Christ and away from sin. So may we have more of that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's plaguing us, um, you know, not only locally, but, you know, globally, that there's this pandemic of bad theology which manifests itself in false converts mm. you know um because the true gospel is not being preached and uh, repentance is not being proclaimed in his name uh we can go on and on but we need to recover a healthy biblical doctrine of conversion and if you would like to read a very helpful book let me just recommend this book called conversion by michael lawrence it's a part of the nine marks building healthy churches series I, th I think it's the best book in this whole series. If you've read other books about it, uh, very, very good. It covers a lot of the topics we've talked about today. So I encourage you to pick it up on the Nine Marks website, or you could probably look it up on Amazon uh, either way. Well, guys, thank you again for joining us uh, for another helpful discussion. We pray that you've been blessed by it. Um, but praise God for your participation. Share this episode. Ask us questions. Mark your calendars for the men's conference November the 12th. More details to come in the next episode, so stay tuned. But until next time, keep, keep on, on reforming. reforming.